Greetings, Ragbag Alliance. Just a quick reminder that the first Ragbag novel, Everything I Am, is available to buy from Amazon. Or in case you missed it, there's the audiobook version right here on this podcast feed. Just skip a few episodes back and there you have it. You can also download the audiobook from frankburton.bandcamp.com. Name your price as anyone who's listened to it already will tell you. And thanks to you people, by the way. Cheers, guys. It's really, really good. It's a great book. I'm very, very pleased with it. I'm stuck into writing Ragbag Novel number two right now. So get the first one before the second one arrives, you know. Otherwise, otherwise, this is starting to sound like some kind of threat. I'm not threatening you listeners, okay? I'm not threatening you. We better start the show before I land myself in hot water. Again. Welcome to Ragbag's Bonus Bag. My name's Frank Burton. We've got a fantastic guest this time. She's a singer-songwriter who goes by the name Van Wyck or Van Wyck. There is more than one pronunciation. Van Wyck has written and performed some of the most interesting and subtle and really deep and poetic songs. You are going to love this episode. So yeah, let's just get straight into it. Now, Van Wyck has recently released her second album, which is called Molten Rock, and it's amazing. We'll get into that soon, but I'd like to start off by playing the title track from her first album, An Average Woman. Now, this for me is one of those songs that you discover every now and again, and as soon as you hear it, you realise this isn't just a great song, it is one of the great songs. You know what I mean? And the great thing is, having discovered it, I've now been able to speak to the person who wrote it and hear what she has to say about it. So let's hear the song and then let's hear some more about it. Some girls build towers And others dig deep And some pray to angels Some wait and see Some girls stay quiet Some scream in your face And some kill their darlings And some hesitate And I Most of the time 
Girls eat fire Some stick to their guns Some dance on the tables And have all your fun And some girls have answers And some retaliate Take on oceans And some take on faith And I I was an average woman I tried to do good And I tried to be kind And I kept my head above water Most of the time Most of the time Struggled and failed And I laughed at your jokes And I came to your aid When you needed me most And I screamed like a fury In the day
I think it's it's like a it's like sort of a signature song or, or I think I was sort of struggling with um with the role I play I, f- I found a lot of other women are also struggling uh, we are you know we are bombarded daily with these images of super women and beautiful women and 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 strong women you know like there's a there's this there's this sort of perceived army of of super women reigning our media and and i i don't feel i try to i know it's not real and i know it's all photoshopped and i try to sort of you try to 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 create your own space and not be too influenced by it but it's so all it's so all around you that it does sort of interfere with with um, with your own self-image and with with the way you you see yourself and and in, in a way it sort of limits your freedom i think or it limits your expression or and i wanted to sort of make a make a fist against that i i i just i felt yeah, i i just every every person is allowed to be on this earth whether you are fantastic or or normal or average or not or i mean we don't have to um it's yeah sometimes it feels like that only the super successful or super talented or super this are are allowed a place are allowed to be visible i think i think that really damages damages our our, our souls and damages our self-esteem and also damages our our sense of of community and of the things we share so i i um i wanted to make a sort of stand for being being allowed just to be who you are and to be um to be fine with that or or and not to i i, I always get so irritated when people talk about female artists or they say oh that's a strong woman or that's a you know and in fact it's like 90 percent of women are weak and then some are strong or worthy and i you know we all have those sides in ourselves in different ways and um and I don't want to um, constantly uh, uh, put myself above other people. Or... Does that make sense? Or does... <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what I got from listening to the song. You know, it's, uh, it's quite a clear kind of yeah. message behind it. You know, and that's, I think that's one of the good things about it as well. Um, I mean, I was wondering, in terms of the re- reaction that you got from that song, have you have you had a different reaction from men than you have from women, or have mm. they reacted in the same way? Well, I think sort of maybe the reaction is that women buy the CD then more than they like buy five copies for their friends for their for their average friends. I think sometimes I wonder if women are more bothered by this by this sort of. Um, bombardments of, of female perfection so in that sense they they do but then again some some i i also had guys come up to me say that they really really think it's an excellent album title yeah i hope my songs are not you know offer more more interpretations so some people might get something out of it and some other people might get something completely different out of it but it is like an average woman is is i think a song that that sort of grows and, I, and now, now it's almost three years old, I think. And every time we play it, it's like people really, really respond to it live. And, and it's like when you write a song, you're never sure where, where it goes or how the response will be. And this one seems to sort of keep growing. So that's a good one. Maybe that's also because the way our music industry works or you, or you, you think, oh, I have to 
be very you know you bring out the album and it's like success should be immediate and, and big or it's it's a failure but i find it's much more of a sort of growing process that that it builds you know and you 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 build something um by playing it a lot live and getting more and more people to listen to it and and it really for me it really like a lot of the reviews in, in the Netherlands, they were like, oh, the second album of uh, Van Dijk and uh, following her first, you know, uh, instant classic, an average woman. And I thought, huh, instant classic. So it, it's sort of how it is perceived changes. And I do, th I heard another songwriter say, if you make a good album, you, you should make a second one to, to, get, to get people to notice the first. And for me, that really, that's really working. <laughs> which I record is Van Wijk or Van Wick as the, the Americans say but um, that's the last name of my grandmother so my grandmother's maiden name I was always sort of I studied history and I was always sort of obsessed with with um, stories uh, that disappeared in history you know we, we always especially when I was younger we, we are fed this sort of uh, history of the winners so we we get like it almost pretends like history is some sort of past is some sort of rising road towards where we are now but of course it's not it's 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 muddy and it has a lot of pitfalls and 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 it has a lot of curves and bends and when i was studying history i got more and more interested by the by the stories of, of the of the people who didn't make it you know and um, people who disappeared and, and ideas that disappeared and and um, it's it's not. I find it. It's not true that the good ideas or the fair ideas uh, win. Sometimes the, the good idea, uh, the the good people lose. It's also true that a lot of histories or stories of of women were also uh, lost in time. You know, they were not told. Just like their names were sort of lost, or they were not found relevant, and they yeah, disappeared in the scenes of history. And and I wanted to find those voices. Some you know. The, bits of our history and bits of other women's history and, and the way we look at it but also in my own in my own personal history to sort of try to raise up the, the things that we tend to forget and uh, so taking my grandmother's 
maiden name was sort of a symbol for that. And, and, and maybe also it had to do, you know, with the title of an average woman that of the first album that I, 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 um, I wanted to also to bring those small stories to light, you know, to the, the, the stories of the supermarkets or the, uh, the small stories, but also bigger stories. And, and like Red River Girl is a, is a bigger story. Europa Escapes is, is a bigger story, but they're also about women who got lost in, in history. They painted your picture On the high school gym wall Your hair forever flowing in the wind Your smile to die for I was in a lot of different, a few different bands and uh, had a band before this one where we were sort of a duo and uh, and it was not going where I wanted it to go and it was not, um, yeah, it was just hard to, to get it, to get the songs to the place where I wanted to and I, I think it's, it came a point in time I realized if I don't, if I don't do it by myself, or then, then it won't happen, you know, because I was sort of waiting maybe for for a sort of permission or waiting for for the right time and then I thought oh this that's not going to happen I have to create the right time or I have to make it myself and I have to also sort of tell myself this is this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to put all my energy in it even if it fails or even if it doesn't you know work out so and that, that was I think about five years ago and then I um I set myself a goal to write and release a song every week for a year which was quite ambitious, but I think I made it like I, I wrote 26 songs, I think, in that year. And from that, because I knew the songs were there, you know, I knew the ideas were there. And ever since I was a teenager, always melodies and, and songs have kept popping up in my head. But but it needs kind of, I think it needed two things. It, it needs real concentration and real effort. And it also needs sort of the, the conviction that that I could finish them, you know, or that I could uh, do it by myself. And, and once I I combined those two, then then it started working. And and um, yeah, for, so from that year, I I made my first album, and it was also like this feeling: if I if I don't do don't do it now, if I don't, then it will never ever come. So so you know, I for. A few years, I gave it all my energy and all my money, and I put all my savings in in releasing that album. And then um, I thought I'd get one chance. I'm very happy it it has sort of grown, and now and now I'm already busy writing album number three. So, so um, from that process that you went through initially of kind of forcing yourself to write a song every week. Yeah. What did you learn from that? Did what uh, do, you, do you feel that you, there are things that you know now that you didn't know then? I think a lot of writers, whether, whether they write novels or they, they are always looking for excuses not to write. So there's always, in, and life is so filled with distractions that sometimes you have to sort of, if you really set yourself that goal, then the distractions are, are less important or the, so I, what I learned was really to work hard to, you know, to, to, if I hadn't finished the song and I would 
stay up the whole nights to finish it, you know, or, uh, or I would stay up two nights and, and to really get things done and to not allow yourself an excuse. And that has really, I think that's one part of it to, I find now when I'm sort of starting to write the third album that there's like a uh, hundred other things you could do, which are easier, you know, or, oh yeah, I need to email this guy or I need to arrange something for that concert. Or, so to, to really give yourself over to that concentration, it, it re I think it really helps to give yourself this kind of deadline or this public thing too. And another thing I learned was that the songs were there. I learned that I, and I am a songwriter and I wasn't really convinced of it at first, but they are always there and they're just waiting for me to find the time and the concentration and the, to, to come, to come pick them up, you know? So it's like this, this well of songs and ideas that are always, that I can reach. And uh, the more time you spend with them, the easier they come, I think. So, or, or easier, the, the more you, you recognize them. Maybe that's, uh, that's uh, also something that you, that you learn. Babies on the television, I can see the bombs drop in the intermission. Someone tries to sell me a new lip gloss while I'm waiting in the supermarket line. So I've really, uh, I, I don't know if I can say this in English properly, but I've really set myself a, a high standard in that I wanted the songs to be uh, you know, 100% mm. how I how I would want them to be, and I I wanted to be, you know, happy with every word. Sometimes they're just strong ideas that that present themselves, and then there's this sort of endless rewriting and and editing. And I think I've become more critical. This sounds a bit weird, but I I do really want them to say what I want to say, and I really hate. I really hate cliches in other songs, you know, it's so easy to, to in so many songs are, are, as you say, they retell the same stories or they use the same sentences all over and over again. So I'm, I've, I've really tried to, to come up with new ideas and new songs and new titles that you, that you wouldn't have seen before. The alcoholic in front of me buys a salad to go with his bottle of red. And the two beers that he needs early in the morning Before the supermarket line Yeah, so I, I live in Amsterdam and I live quite in the, in the, in the center of Amsterdam. Uh, there's a, uh, a lot of the small shops have disappeared, of course. So there's a lot of big shops uh, or franchise shops. But there's one little supermarket left where the locals come for their for their simple groceries and but because it's right in the center of Amsterdam there's such a diverse clientele or, or there's so many different people that shop there I mean there there are people who have been living in Amsterdam for all their lives there are old people and and then there are like tourists because the the road behind my my own road has been completely packed with hotels now so there is a lot of tourists wandering wandering the neighborhood and and usually the tourists are, of course, under the influence of, you know, drugs or alcohol. So they, they, they roam the streets a bit aimlessly and spend a lot of time in the supermarket looking at the, looking at the candy and the, and the muffins. But um, 
and then there's also on my street there's also a, a shelter for older homeless people so there's a lot of different folks at one time you might find a lot of different people in that little supermarket and and because also the there's also a big television hanging opposite of the the cashier that she looks at when the when the when there's no uh, when there's no clients and so it's um it's it's sometimes it's a really a lot to take in and then one time i was standing in line and there were so many weird things happening at the same time so that and and they all really really moved me and i always think of or the the, the idea of this song popped up in my head and and when i walked home sort of the rest of the song followed and when i got home i i wrote it all down and then and for me it's a bit of a it's like when you're standing in line at the supermarket you have this there are there are, there are a few moments left when you have this sort of free stream of consciousness thing going on where you're not like not looking at your phone or not doing something else but standing in line in the supermarket is one of those you know dead moments where you sort of wander off or my mind wanders off and it's also so weird because you we, we all go to the supermarket it's like you know like before you might go to the watering uh, or to the pump or something but so we we all come to the to the supermarket for our daily basic needs and then as an opposite of that it's such an artificial and colorful and, and marketed environment as well so it, i think there's a as you say a contradiction or a juxtaposition happening there in that supermarket for me anyway so that's why i I wrote the song. I, maybe it's also because I think I write songs or, or I get ideas for songs when I'm really, really moved. And this time I was just so moved by this this uh, older man who was standing in front of me and he was very curious and alcoholic. And he was trying to, and it was quite early in the morning. So he was he was putting a lot of booze on the, um, uh, on the till, or how do you say that? On the- Yeah, on the till. Yeah, and then he also, and he also put this salad on there which was like, and I, I, was, I just thought, you know, is he really going to eat that or is, is he just want to, does he, you know, does he feel ashamed that he's buying so much booze that he thinks, oh, I'm also buying a salad to, to, to you know, to sort of lead us astray. So that's, that's, where the, that's where the song started. I am thinking about my babies need to hurry home and maybe fix them something fast to eat and not forget the neighbors need a hand with the trash can in the supermarket line and the candy wrappers shine like jewels that you don't notice anymore and mama It burn, bust, and go up in smoke while the increment makes another joke. I always enjoy, you know, when it's sort of a when it's a puzzle in a way that the meaning is not really 
that the meaning is not so clear, but that you can sort of interpret it or try to think, oh, what, what does that mean? And is, does that have something to do with that? Or so that you're sort of wondering. I think it, it's always nice if, if, if a song or if a, I don't know, piece of art or that it makes you think about the intentions or, or that it makes you, that it triggers something in your own imagination, maybe. I always enjoy that. Carolina's Anatomy, I had this song, I had sort of the first verse and, and the part of the chorus for a really long time and I didn't know how to finish it. And then, this might sound weird, but I was at a lecture about the novel, you know, Moby Dick, yeah. which I really love. And, um, and the lecturer was, he was explaining like how Moby Dick is actually, that the, 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 the novel in itself is almost about the anatomy of the whale but the novel itself is also sort of an anatomy. I mean, it's so big and it tries to, it tries to cover every bit of the anatomy of the whale. So some parts of it are really just like boring biology. And yet he said something like, when, when you're really in love with someone, or when you're obsessed with someone, you want to know every, every tiny bit of their anatomy. And when he said that, I thought, oh, that's the way I'm going to finish that song because, you know, it describes sort of being really in love with someone not maybe romantically, but just really feeling a lot of love for someone who dances. And I thought I'll describe her whole body, you know, from her head down to her toes, uh, how she moves. And, and it sort of gave me the frame of how I wanted to finish that song, because like when you really, when you're really sort of, uh, uh, yeah, when you really love something or you're really, you're really moved by it, then you, you, you've, you fixate on every detail and every detail becomes important for the whole. And that's why the song is called that. And, and so there's a lot of body parts from Carolina going, uh, yeah, yeah. weaving through the song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny where these things come from, isn't it? Because I wasn't expecting that to have come from a lecture about Moby Dick <laughs> into uh, kind of, uh, you know, into a song about something else that isn't about a whale. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's sometimes just something, maybe it's just a new thought or a new idea that triggers something that you can look at things in a different way or, or it, it, it sets up something new in your brain. And I think those, those new things are, are the, the things you sometimes need to, to find it, to, to, to have a good new idea. And mostly they come from, from different unexpected places, I find. Yeah. Don't talk to the captain 
I think there's a lot of sort of nautical figures in my song. So you have the boatman and the, and the river girl. And the, I think it has to do with this sort of, you know, trying to reach this other realm of trying to reach the other side or, well, the captain, I think you have this in the UK too, right? Where you have sort of um, things in the buses where it says, don't talk to the driver. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's that? right. Yeah. And um, we have, and I always get really confused by those signs because if this says "Don't talk to the driver," I'm always like, then I sort of really want to talk to the driver. <laughs> because you're not allowed to. You want to. You're not allowed to, and you're also sort of wondering. But if you would talk to the driver, what would you say? And, you know, and, and does does he get lonely? And, uh, and I I just had this vision of this this boat stranded somewhere. You know, in history and mythology and in old books, there's a lot of of boats waiting in harbors to set sail on the right moment or that. And I, I just had this vision of this boat with all these people who want to go somewhere else, but they're sort of stuck in this sort of limbo. And, and, um, and in a way for me, it's a sort of, uh, yeah, it's sort of a reminder. Like we, we try to, to steer our lives or to, to guide ourselves in, in some sort of direction. But, but sometimes you shouldn't really try to guide or lead yourself too much. You know, sometimes you should just trust the captain or trust the flow of, of where time and where circumstances bring you because we don't, we're not, we don't control our fates. We're not in control of, of how our lives work. We, we might, it looks like we can do some things, but most things we sort of follow along. And for me, it's like finding trust and faith in, in, in that's, in, in, in surrendering yourself to the sort of bigger stream of, of, of life. That's, that's, that's a bit my sort of motto that I got from the captain. Watch the sun break on the wide lake where the white bird is washing its feathers. 
Thank you for listening. What a great guest. Please do check out the links in the show notes. The Van Wyke website contains all the details of the upcoming live shows, plus both of the albums. Check them both out. Once again, thanks to everyone who's read and enjoyed the ragbag novel, Everything I Am. If you haven't had a chance yet, the whole audiobook version is right here on this very podcast feed. Check out the previous episodes. Also, the audiobook is available for download from frankburton.bandcamp.com. My website is frankburton.co.uk. Read my books, they're really good. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.